identity in Christ. That's the subject matter that we're on. And uh, knowing who I am helps me to understand why I'm here and what's my purpose. Uh, today's topic, we're going we're gonna to sort of try to cover four things. Uh, first of all, your purpose follows your design. Your design comes from God. Your chief design is communion with God and stewardship over his kingdom. And your particular design helps you to fulfill your particular purpose. So that's where we're going to be at today, Drew. And uh, I think we're going to have a pretty good time. So uh, here we go. Thanks for joining us. Let me say that, by the way. And uh, I'm Keith. I'm Drew. And we're excited today about this episode. Um, Several episodes back, we had a good friend of ours, uh, Gil Burnett, with us, and he made a statement that pretty much set in motion what today's episode is, that our purpose follows our design. And uh, that's a real eye-opener when you when you begin to process the ramifications of all that that uh, includes in that concept. And uh, and so, you know, I, my first thought was, yeah, um, Everybody that's ever designed or created something created it for a purpose. They needed something that did this, so they designed something that would do that. Nobody ever created created anything that was literally for no purpose. I mean, how dumb a conversation would that be to have invented something and be so, wow, and somebody say, you know, <laughs> what does it do? And, and he's like, doesn't do anything. <laughs> It has no purpose. Well, then it, it's it's been a waste of everybody's time. Um, trust me, the Bible clearly tells us that we were created for specific purposes. And so uh, let's look at our design to help us understand that. Genesis pretty much is where we're going to get the knowledge of what we understand about purpose, because it tells us why or tells us about who we are in, in God's creation of us. Uh, he created us in his image. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that when you look at me, you see God. All right. Uh, but it does mean that, that we have traits that make us like him and separate us from everything else that he created. We have an eternal soul. We have the power of choice. Um, our ability to reason and to come to conclusions are by his design. And uh, so that doesn't mean necessarily, I guess, that that uh, we come to the same conclusions that he comes to because he has all knowledge and and he knows way down the road. So his conclusions may be different. But we have that ability to process, to think and to you know arrive at a conclusion and by the spirit of God to come to the right conclusion of what we should do and how we should do it. Uh, so anyway, what we glean from Genesis is that he designed us for a purpose, uh, fellowship. So part one of everything we're going to be talking about is that uh, fellowship. That's the purpose. God and man spent time together every day. When God first created Adam, every day they spent time together. That's always been his desire and and his hope that it will be our choice to want to be in fellowship with him and, and, and use these wonderful 24-hour days that he gives us to spend some of it in his presence. God 
had every intention to encounter Adam every day in that garden, as well as Eve. And get this, uh, even though Adam and Eve were kicked out, uh, God still had a plan and purpose even after that. And that's what's really interesting. And that's Jesus. And it all centers around him. He sums up everything. He's the mystery of it all. Uh, when someone accepts Jesus into the heart, there's a lot of things that happen. But one particular thing that happens when they accept Jesus, it stands out in Ephesians 1.5. It talks about an adoption as sons and daughters of, of, of who God is. Now listen, this is about our identity and our purpose here, though, when it comes to adoption. See, God didn't have to adopt you, the individual, or you or me to save our souls. He didn't have to adopt us. He didn't have to adopt us to bless us. He didn't have to adopt us to use us in his plan. He didn't have to adopt us to fill us with the Holy Spirit. But yet he adopted us as sons and daughters because he loves us and he desires to be with us and to fellowship with him. Is that purpose you're talking about? Now, this is where it gets really interesting. Now, when Paul talks about this in um, Ephesians, Paul's from the Roman background, too, in adoption and what this comes. God um, is using this adoption like this. In Roman law, when the person was adopted into this, um, they would gain every right to the new family. That means they lost everything to the old family. So listen to this part about it. That means if you're in the old family and you owed a debt— and what this was, or some sort of debt that there's money you couldn't pay back. The new family is in the adoption. That means the old debts were completely gone, and you gained everything with the new family. And that's what Jesus has done for us with fellowship. God created man in the garden, but God had something more important to come even for them, even after the fall of what had happened. Adam was never adopted in the family like we are today. And that's what's really interesting is that even though the fall happened, we can always look back and say, man, if Adam wouldn't have done this, if Eve wouldn't just take, why'd she take a bite of the apple? We wanted to do that some time to time. Well, we always would say, well, we would probably stumble or fall too. But here's what's really neat. We gain more in Jesus now than we ever lost in Adam. That is a very good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that that whole concept that you brought up there concerning, um, you know, the past. It, it goes with the old family. And, you know, the Bible's really clear about we are a new person, a new creation in Christ. And, you know, the old is gone, the debt is gone, the unforgiveness, the failures, all that stuff, you know. That's that's gone because of the adoption, and uh, and you know, and it just it, I get focused sometimes on you know this idea if people could see just how much he loves us, how much he desires to spend time with us, it would change drastically change uh, their concept of him because so many people have this crazy concept of God and yet they don't realize. There are very existences because of him that 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 he is loving and reaching out to them, even if they're in their sins. He's loving and reaching. I mean, we need a better concept of God. Well, the fact that it says that he thinks only positive things about us more than the sands on the seashore. That's crazy to think about. That's every day for him is that it's not like, oh, man, this guy's failing. Oh, man, Pastor Drew is just like he's he's not having it today. But he's constantly thinking positive. Man, this I love him. This is I got such a plan for him. That's his mindset for us. Why wouldn't we want to drive to be deeper in fellowship with that? Yeah, uh, that that whole ideology that 
that, you know, we may think about him here and there or so much amount of time every day, but he thinks about us all the time. All the time. We're on his mind. Um, anyway, so back to this. God created you with a mind, a body, and a spirit so that you and I could have relationship with him. Uh, through Jesus, uh, he wants us to have his mind, the mind of Christ, and think the way he thinks. And some people are like, oh, you can't do that. But, but you can if, if you press in to know him and you begin to absorb the word of God, you begin to think the way he wants you to think. Uh, he declares our body to be a temple. So this right here is where God, God dwells. He's not floating up in a, in, in, in a cloud and all that kind of stuff. Christ abides in us by the, his spirit. And, uh, and then he communes to, with us uh, mostly through the spirit. And it might be the spirit of God helping us to understand the word of God. It might just be the spirit of God that tugs on our heart and uh, says, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, it could be the spirit of God that, you know, that it makes an impression upon us so strongly that we act upon it and then see that, you know, we're now doing something that God really wanted us to do. So that's how he created us. So, I mean, you and I are divinely created with this master plan of being just like this with God and not over here uh, in rebellion and, and, and over here doing our own thing, which has no satisfaction and peace in the end, but to be just like this. And, and as, as Drew said, you know, it's, it's, it's an adoption. He takes us and he adopts us into his family. And now everything that's his is mine. And that's amazing. Um, so the part two of the purpose is, uh, if part one was fellowship, part two is to govern over the affairs of God on the earth, which uh, answers the question that so many people ask, well, why am I here? Well, you're here to take care of the things that God has created, to govern over him, to, to govern over the kingdom of God that's upon the earth. And um, when I understand that's part of the why I was designed, then my purpose becomes more simplified. You are here to supervise something that's God's. I'm here to supervise something that's God. I don't care if there's two people or 2,000 people listening at this moment. You were created on the earth to supervise something that's God's. And you won't understand that, and you'll never know the why you're here until in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you begin to realize that you have a divine purpose and there is something that he wants you to be in charge of. Um, Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. I want to explain that to you for a moment. To work it and keep it means to govern over it and to lead it. To govern over it and, and to keep it under the leadership of God so that it fulfills the purpose that God created. The Garden of Eden was the Garden of God. It was it, This was God's garden. 
And and he put man there, and he and he, he gave him charge of it, that he would uh, take care of it, that he would dress it, that he would he would watch over it, and that's exactly in some form or fashion how everybody is created. We have a purpose. Uh, you and I were designed to govern over something that is important to God. Ephesians two ten. Just to add to that, for yep. we are God's workmanship, or His handiwork, created in Christ to do what he's designed us to do. And and one of the things that's interesting is if you were to look at how many times the Bible addresses stewardship, it's mind-boggling. Why? Because that's our purpose, stewardship. We are responsible for something. We are to be good stewards over whatever responsibility has been given to us by God in the kingdom. And the thing is, is, is some are given, you know, greater responsibilities and some are given less, but everybody's given responsibility in the kingdom of heaven. And some of it is as simple as this. Um, he entrusted to me a, uh, a wife and children and now grandchildren. And, and so I'm supposed to lead them, watch over them, guide them. Uh, as a pastor, he entrusted me with the spiritual growth of a congregation, to be a shepherd of God's flock. And as a lead pastor, he's entrusted me with a staff and a team to encourage and develop and, 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 and help them in any way that I can to accomplish their purpose of governing over what they are responsible for. I mean, that's the way he designed it. Yeah, if you're a parent, like you just said, he's entrusted you with his children. It's not just to clothe them. It's not just to give them food. Those things are mundane things. That's what animals will do. But here's where it comes to uh, the difference between how he created with your soul. He's created a parent to entrust to them. You're there to guide them and build them up in his ways, not worldly ways, not some other form or fashion of entertainment, but in God's way of doing it. Now, if you're an employer or a team leader, he's entrusted you with you to uh, other people under you to also to help communicate with them. Their attitude around them is very impactful to teach and develop them on his way of doing things. And then it's um, if you're the if you're an employer, he's entrusted you with maybe a machine that you're working or it's a, a patient or a daily production that you're doing, a truck driver um, or the safeties of others at times. Any and all of which we should do as under the Lord's instructions, not anybody else's. And as unto the Lord, according to Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And so literally, when I, when I understand the, the, the impact of that, everything I'm doing you know, if I'm an employee and, and I'm, I'm responsible for this, well, I'm not just responsible unto this for my paycheck and for my employer, but I'm responsible to do this with an excellence because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Yeah. And even the very thing that I'm doing, it, it may even seem mundane. And yet if I do it with excellence, God honors that and God elevates that and so therefore, everything that I'm doing, I should be doing unto him. All right. So we were designed uh, to fulfill a purpose. That's the next one we want to talk about, to fulfill a purpose. Uh, Drew, I am 99.99% sure that the person who created the Phillips screwdriver uh, actually created the Phillips screw. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense, yes. 
Uh, and, and actually, I, I was curious, and, and uh, yeah, his name was Henry Phillips. But the Phillips screw was a great idea because, you know, your flatheads and the way they, they, they tear up and all that kind of stuff, the torque you could apply to a Phillips screw, it was a great idea. Mm. But, you know, he did not create a Phillips screw that, that could do a better job and then go, well, the flathead is really not working as good as I thought it would on this Phillips screw. No, he created them to work together. And, uh, and so when you look at what is created, then you have to understand the design from God Almighty of how he wants to use that and how he wants to make that work. Um, one of my fa favorite illustrations, and I've used it on several occasions, is uh, the purpose about how we find our purpose by looking in our toolbox. Okay? And uh, if my, my toolbox is full of electrical tools, then I more than likely can wire my house or change out a plug at least. If my, if my toolbox is full of mechanical tools, then I'm probably pretty handy on fixing things in my car. Um, and the same way with plumbing, you know. If you look in there and, and, and you've got uh, pipe wrenches and all that kind of stuff, I'm probably knowledgeable in the area of plumbing. So let's take that if you're getting the, the picture. What is in my toolbox helps me to understand these are the things that I know how to use. These are the things I, I am capable with. And um, looking at how God made me is, is, is pretty much as simple as looking at the abilities that I have, uh, the things that I'm passionate about, the things, you know, how I, how I come to conclusions and all that kind of stuff. That helps me to understand. So if, if I'm very good in this area and I enjoy doing this, that's a, that's a good sign of some way and somehow God wants to use me. Because God did not, I mean, God did not create, I, I don't know, I'm going to go this way. If the Phillips screwdriver was animated, it probably smiles every time it starts toward a Phillips screw because it has no purpose until it is screwing in that Phillips screw. So it would probably find joy in being useful. The same mentality is, is our, our greatest joy is when we are functioning in a way that we are able to make a, contr a contribution. That's what's ex that's that's always been exciting. I think that's that's universal for people when they feel like they have made a contribution that has been beneficial. It brings them a great joy. Well, guess what? God did not create you to frustrate you. He created you to use you and he gifted you. He he gave you the talents and abilities to do certain things and you can pretty much guarantee that what you have the ability to do and what you're passionate about is a good sign as to where he wants you to be working in his kingdom. They go together. And and it's it's amazing to me because uh so many times, you know, I know when, when I first um, felt like I was called to the ministry, 
I thought, what's the greatest thing I can do for God? And so I went overseas to work with some missionaries, and I was totally frustrated. And it's not that I don't love missions, because we love missions. We love spreading the gospel everywhere. But I was totally frustrated because it wasn't in my toolbox. Mm. And, and so then I came back and got involved in ministry in America, and boy, it was all the difference in the world. So <clears throat> if you want to know your purpose, you got to look at your toolbox. you got to look at how God made you and what you're good at. And um, because the bottom line is he equipped you exactly how he intended to use you for his glory. That's how he made you, exactly how <clears throat> you can do what you're supposed to do and do it with great joy. Yeah, I'm going to add to that just a little bit here to help bring some clarification, too. Um, you talked about being frustrated. And so one of the things is sometimes you're going to have, if there's tools you don't know how to use, and maybe it's something like, man, I have administration. How can I use this as uh, to glorify God? Where can I use this? It's a gift that he has given you in the toolbox, whatever it is. Um, you go back to the first part. If you're trying to question, why well, don't even know what tools I have? You go back to the first part. It's a connection of the fellowship with God. And how you do that is, like you said, reading God's word. But prayer, prayer is so powerful. And that's a tool itself that he gives every single believer. And they can have that. It's prayer. It's seeking him. Ask him. He wants us to ask those questions. What is my purpose? What am I capable of? What tools have I given? What gifts do I have? Let God explain the tools in the toolbox if you don't have the understanding of where he's leading you at that point. Uh, Drew, I 100% agree. And, and the thing is, is before you know Christ, you may already be enjoying some certain abilities and things that, that you're natural to. Mm -hmm. And then when you, when you come to the knowledge of God, then it's just like enhanced. You, you begin to really understand it. But there are times in which, because you have never been in a position or known, you may have some tools that, wow, God can use you in a great way once you identify them once you begin to realize that God put them in the toolbox, they didn't make a lot of sense when you didn't know Jesus. But now that you know the Lord, they make perfect sense. And so, yeah. Um, remember, you might be good at many things, but you were designed for specific things. And, you know, I mean, I have other things that I like to do and, and things that I have somewhat of a talent in. Uh but that's not where God wants me to invest my life. Yeah. And so uh, you were <clears throat> designed for some specific things. Uh, and, and even just the concept of that, you were designed for specific things. I was designed for specific things. Even as I say that, it, it's amazing. Because you're, we're talking about over 8 billion people on the earth and every one of them was created for a specific purpose. Now, only an awesome and amazing God could do that. And, and it's not like the Phillips and the Phillips screwdriver here. It's not like he just made 8 million Phillips screws yeah. and one Phillips screwdriver. No, he, I mean, 8 billion, I said million, didn't I? Billion people that have specific purposes, each one of them a variant in some form or fashion according to a master plan. Wow, wow, wow.
That's man, just yeah, just a little bit more to that. It's specific, meaning it's not you and I both have the same tool that's going to be used in the same way. It has a specific function into that. So one does not look like the other. It might have the same classification, but it's going to be used tweet just a little bit different. Yeah. That's how awesome God is. And and the reason being is because that difference of how you do that will bring glory to God in a certain way, and the difference the way I do it will bring glory to God in another way. And the whole reason why he created us was, you know, besides the communion and everything, besides the whole mentality of, of uh, ruling and reigning over something that's important to him, everything that we do is supposed to bring glory to God. And when you are doing what you were designed to do, it is a natural byproduct that God is glorified. Romans 12, 1. Yep. Natural byproduct. Um, all right. So quick review here. Your purpose follows your design. Your design comes from God himself. Your chief design, your superior design is to commune with God and to be a steward over something in his kingdom. And then your particular design helps you to fulfill your particular purpose. Uh, God is so amazing that you have a specific purpose. And when you, when you wonder, why am I here? Or why do I feel like I'm just going in circles or day after day? And, you know, you're just, you're just uh, uh, pounding the road, whatever. And, and it seems like you're just going down the trail, but you're not, you don't really know. You have a specific purpose. You got to go to God to understand it. And, uh, and until you do, you will probably be frustrated in some form, form or fashion because, you know, the, the very thing that the Phillips screw knows his purpose when the Phillips screwdriver is using it. And you will know your purpose when you feel like God is using it. Until that time, there's a frustration. Um, so if you got something out of today's episode, click the like and the share button and uh, help us get the message out. Uh, we just want to be a blessing and an encouragement to people concerning God's plan for their lives. And so thanks for joining us. I'm Keith. And uh, I'm Drew. This is Faith and Culture. God bless. God bless.